Why do you do this to me? God damn it. Hey everyone, this is Alex, and welcome back to the Two Dudes Brews and Reviews podcast. Today, we're talking about 2016 Suicide Squad, a social experiment masquerading as a movie, created solely for the purpose of ruining a franchise and making millions of dollars while doing so. Guys, this one nearly killed us. If you like listening to our suffering, consider subscribing to the podcast and maybe even share us with your friends. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the show. All right, homie, what's good? Not a whole lot, man. Well, that sounded really pessimistic, didn't it? The world's about to end. No, uh, a lot's good, actually. I guess the only exciting thing I've done recently is I went to Indianapolis last week, and we might have talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. while we were at work, but the wife and I visited this like Van Gogh exhibit, and it's like kind of it's exclusive in only certain big cities, and I'm surprised that it made its way to Indy out of mm-hmm. all of them. It was very cool. It was like a uh, big LED screen of like art coming to life around you, and uh, that was pretty exciting. But other than that, man, uh, not much. I mean, besides listening to the new Killers record, which I've been digging quite a bit. Yeah, I listened to like the first track. I haven't had a time to like really sit down and listen to it. Maybe we'll throw it on later. It might be my album of the year. Really? Which is weird because I've like never been a fan mm-hmm. of them. Are you Mr. Brightside when it comes I, to the Killers? I I might be now. Uh, what about you, though, man? What's What's been going on in the uh, the land of Mr. Austin Purdue? Well, actually, my lady sent me a link to that on like Facebook or something, that Van Gogh exhibit, and we wanted to go. The day we were going to go to the Dave concert, Dave Matthews concert at Noblesville, we were going to go like the day before, the day after, but the tickets were all sold out already. Mm. So we were going to go to that, but it didn't work out. You mentioned that, like how they have... Uh, it's kind of like interactive art and stuff, like very immersive type of gallery and stuff. I was watching this uh, YouTube video last, uh, it was a couple of days ago, maybe like maybe it was last night, I'm not sure, but it was all like this weird, it was like data-based art. Like they would take data and like run it through these algorithms. Like So it could have been like, I can't remember the uh, the artist off the top of my head. It was on like a wired, the wired was the uh, channel, but mm-hmm. it, was sh- it was showing like they could take like flight data or like brain scan data and like convert it visually into artwork. So it was all like these big LED screens that were like moving this data around to like create images and stuff. Very interesting. That sounds awesome. That'll probably be like the direction that art takes like in this like tech age that we're in. Like I'm sure like that stuff will probably be more prevalent. I'm sure we'll have other opportunities to see stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. like it was fucking interesting. The Dave show was fun. I got so lit up. It was it was almost unbearable. <laughs> I won't get into the details. I won't bog you down with them again, but I'll just say I was being put in a fucking state. And that's all I'm gonna it was a good it was a good show, but it was very overwhelming about an hour and a half in. I was getting let's just say the world was waving like a flag. Like <laughs> it looked like fucking the Star Spangled Banner. Fucking oh, it was awesome. Even it was a super spreader event too, so uh, I see. I was glad to be vaccinated when I and you were oh, able to bring yourself back, though. Oh, I was fine. But it was like 30 minutes of hell mm. for, for a little bit. <laughs> I've never been that fucked up at a concert <sighs> before. Fuck. I never pregame before I go to a show. Good so, for like, you. I pregamed hard. And it's hard to get, like, 
drunk at the show oh because God. you're going to spend an arm and a leg getting there. I will say we spent like 40 or 60 bucks on drinks and I had like two or three drinks. Yep. Good thing I could say they had a Jack Daniels booth there and they sold like, they had like a margarita and I hate frozen margaritas. So it was just like a on the ice and on the rocks, I should say. And uh, it was fucking great because the lady filled up like a whole ass cup of tequila with like a shot of mixer in it. So it was it was kind of worth the 20 bucks like that. That sounds like it. I mean, of course, you can buy like a bottle of tequila for 20 bucks, but it was quite a bit. So I was like pleasantly surprised by that drink. And then I had like a beer. But yeah, I had a like five for pregame. And if you've been to a Dave show or like know what the the atmosphere is like, it's a lot of uh, marijuana. And so I, I didn't bring any on my person. I didn't have to. So it was a <laughs> it was a good time. But that was that's what I've been up to. I watched this fucking movie this morning. Yep. It's a good time to watch it. I mentioned to you that like I really didn't have like the cognitive capacity to sit here and process the movie to the highest of my intelligence. So mm-hmm. but you saw me like look at my notes and I'm already like what the fuck? Like I didn't have any like moments while I was watching it. Basically processed the information, wrote it down, didn't think anything about it. And now that I've had time to like look, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it should be it should be fun. When I initially recommended Suicide Squad, if you can remember, I was having a really hard time trying to get my point across about why I chose this movie. I saw this in theaters in 2016, and I remember there was a lot of hype surrounding it. Like, the trailer generated a lot of hype. And the 21 Pilots, the, the they had... song. Uh-huh. I just remember, like, these stories would come out about Jared Leto, like, method acting. Like, he was, like, playing the Joker outside of the movie. Oh like, God. sending his cast members, like, dead rats. Weird and shit. like yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this movie might be really cool. And I don't have, like, a big emotional attachment to, like, the DC or Marvel universe. I know mm-hmm. this is a DC movie. And then it came out and it got really shitty reviews. And I still gave it the benefit of the doubt. When I saw it, I hated it. And, uh... The second viewing the other day, I hated it so much more. <laughs> I think it might be one of the most frustrating movies I've ever seen, like on this kind of like budget and scale with this cast. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll preface one thing. I think Will Smith and Margot Robbie might be like, and that this is a stretch, but like to an extent, they might be like the only redeemable things about the the film. I don't even want to call it a film. When I was a kid, I had better plot points playing with my action figures than I, like this movie really accomplished. Um, that wouldn't be far fetched, I don't think. I got really frustrated with like many aspects. I had never seen this movie before, and I was like so frustrated. I'd always heard bad things about Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker, and I didn't understand until watching the film. Like I knew like. Oh, like maybe he just didn't like capture that essence in a way that fans were used to. Like, because like there's different iterations of the Joker is like in the comics. And I remember the hype surrounding it. I love like the DC animated movies a lot. And Mm -hmm. like, um, are these the ones where like Mark Hamill does the voice work for Joker? And, uh, there's a character in the DC universe. His name's Jason Todd. He plays Robin in a storyline and he like ends up turning into a bad guy. And uh, he becomes what's the characters is uh, the Red Hood. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucking cool. The animated film is uh, 
Under the Red Hood, Batman Under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. And then there's like The Dark Knight Returns, Part One and Two. Like those are both really great. Some of the OG ones with like Mark Hamill playing Joker, like um, the Phantasm. Bunch See, of these I, like I old. I haven't seen any of these. I like grew up on a couple of them, and I watch them in my adolescence and stuff. So. Anyway, I remember the hype surrounding Jared Leto because like he had all these tattoos and like people were dissecting them from the trailer like oh he could be Jason Todd like and I think this was the introduction to like Jared Leto as the Joker like in the DC universe. Dude, it was so fucking bad like in a way that I can't <laughs> fully articulate. Well, we'll not, try to get through it together. We're not trying to explain that. We're like we're not bringing that much new to the table. I'm everyone I would say general consensus, this movie fucking sucks. But oh, like, it has its defenders, though. Fuck them. And <laughs> it's just so goofy. Like, he doesn't feel, like, menacing at all. Like, has a presence. Like, obviously, Heath Ledger, I don't think anyone will get that close, in my opinion. I mean, that's the one I grew up on. And, like... Mm-hmm. It was great. And, like, yeah. Jack... Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson played N- yeah. the Joker in the, uh, the Keaton Batman. And, like, I've seen that. And, like, great. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. What happened? This to had like a weird hipster. He came ac- he came across more like a generic gangster with like face paint. Yeah. Or like a juggalo. What's the Joker all about? Anarchy and like yeah. he's like smart and cunning. None of that is shown in this movie. Yeah. Joker is supposed to be like the the epitome of like the mirror of Batman. And it's supposed to be like exactly like anarchy all about the system fucking, you know, like being crazy manic and like, like I feel like Jared Leto didn't have to be in this movie. Like, I feel like he plays no integral role other than the fact that he's just there to be on screen and like feels like some weird subplot with Harley Quinn. The promotional material for this movie focused very heavily on the Joker. Yeah. And we were having a conversation upstairs before we recorded. I know this is very, a very loose relation but i was talking about how when i was a kid i was disappointed in ice age because all of the material was surrounding the squirrel and then the movie itself wasn't really about that suicide squad is like ice age yeah but not not really better yeah ice age is a better (laughs) film than this and there's a lot of things to dissect in this movie and i remember i told you when i recommended this uh you asked is this like a jack and jill type situation (laughs) and i said no now that I've rewatched it, I think this is worse. Yes. Worse in the worst ways. Jack and Jill doesn't try to be something that it's not. It's just fucking stupid. It's a blatant cash grab for like Adam Sandler his, and his friends. Suicide Squad is like people tried. They got a good yes. cast and they have a high budget and action and like a somewhat famous director. I don't know if you're familiar with like David Ayer at all. Like, uh, Training Day. End of Watch, which like I fucking love Dude, End of End Watch. End of Watch is That's the other thing. Don't you feel like they were trying to establish like this weird there was like a lot of like weird tones they were trying to like create in the film. Like here, let's start off the opening fucking scenes with like Deadshot and shit when he gets like intercepted in the alley with his daughter by Batman and shit. Like, didn't that feel so goofy? Like, I feel like that it was trying to scene felt goofy. Didn't it try to like, I felt like it was trying to be like kind of cool. Yeah. Or like have some like real emotional grab to it. And I was like, 
that's the first thing I wrote down was dead shot scene felt really goofy. Just felt like they were trying to pull on your heartstrings, like, oh, he doesn't want to hurt Batman because his daughter's there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, it's just fucking stupid. Like, it just felt like so. I got a laugh out of when uh, Will Smith asked his daughter if she wants to like come live with him, and she's like, "Mommy tells tells me you kill people," and he's like, "That's not true. That's a lie." And like his acting is like so bad in that mm-hmm. little part right there. And the daughter's acting is terrible too. Yes, it is. God, I hate picking on kids in movies, but damn, it was bad. And then when Batman swoops down, he's like, "All right, Deadshot, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter." Clearly, that's not true because you like ambushed him with his daughter with him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was like a ton of shit like that. Just like, like bad script. She didn't have to be there. Like, uh-uh. ah, dude, so stupid. Oh man, <sighs> it's kind of hard to like skirt around this movie because like it's such a disorganized and chaotic mess. I guess we could like go into what it's about for starters. Sure. <sighs> oh fuck! All right, so this lady. I don't even know her fucking name. It's uh, Amanda Waller, played by uh, Viola Davis. She, like, is trying to assemble a group of people. This is all, like, fucking exposition at the beginning and stuff. Like About 40 minutes of exposition, God honestly. Damn, yeah. She's just trying to assemble, assemble a group of meta... Is that what they call them? Meta-humans? Meta-humans. I know yep. fucking meta about this movie. <laughs> um, it is so unself-aware. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> She's trying to assemble like a, a group of ragtag criminals, which we got like Deadshot and Harley Quinn. We have like Killer Croc, uh, a couple other people, Boomerang, Diablo guy. Just like trying to assemble a group of powerful people because I guess Superman's dead supposedly, and he dies in Batman versus Superman apparently, which I have not seen. And they're trying to have leverage over these people because they're criminals. And well, so, the, yeah. whole, the whole idea is that what if the next Superman doesn't share the same values yeah. as like humankind? Uh-huh. It makes some sense, I guess. And there's uh, the Enchantress is one of them. And then we have like Rick Flag. Is that his name? What a uh, last name. Flag. Yeah. Rick Flag, the fucking soldier. Um, and then he has some sort of... Uh, what do you call it? Assigned to the lady, the enchantress, to like watch over her because she's not a criminal, but she has like she's like possessed, possessed by like some Mayan fucking idol. And then this they have so like a little sounding already. Yeah, goddamn, <laughs> dude! I swear to like get like I'm 11 years old. I can make a better story with my Power Rangers. Okay, so they like have some weird love interest together because he falls in love with her after watching after her. While all this is, while she's trying to assemble this group of people, I guess like the enchantress is like some sort of like whenever she comes out, like she's no longer she's controlled no longer, by the human. Yes, she's all she's like the idol, and, and that kind of sets up the story of like, yeah, they're gonna come after a terrorist attack. That's the that's the plot. That's what's set up for it. Before all that happens, like they're trying to assemble all these people. You get like backstory between all like. Harley Quinn. Can we just talk about that for can we just talk about that for just a second? Please, yeah. Go for it. This is such a waste of Margot Robbie's talent. Yeah, she's great most of the time, right? Yeah, I get it. We have to establish that she's the Joker's girlfriend, but like, God, there was just so much like so many fucking flashbacks that like were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is later on, but like specifically like the vat of like chemicals felt like not necessary. 
And like, there's all like, that's like one of those moments where like, she's having like this fucking PTSD. It just doesn't like, it has no weight to it. Like there, there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's a mystery. Like they're telling you everything you need to know right now. Like it doesn't want to make you think it's like, here's cool comic book shit, but we're going to ruin it for you. And it's never given a chance to breathe either. No, it's like one right after the other, man. Mm-hmm. And then like Viola Davis is like so serious. Like I'm so serious. Like I have no heart. I think her depiction is supposed to be like kind of close to like what she is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know this firsthand because I don't really read comics like that. In the James Gunn Suicide Squad, she reprises the same role. Mm-hmm. And it's like it comes across way more clear that she's like kind of evil but like think she's doing good in this movie she's just like generic mean lady mm-hmm. kind of but as for like what you were saying about harley quinn i think her portrayal like margot robbie playing this character isn't that bad it's the writing of like what she yes. says here we go like you've seen birds of prey and the new suicide squad yes and i'm sure like there's better writing in both Birds yeah, of Prey like, was done to, like, save this character uh-huh. because they absolutely fucking butchered it in this movie. She's just there to give, like, one-liners. Yeah, and, like, weird comedic gags that, like, really aren't funny. Talking about, like, hearing voices and, like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but, like, her and I don't even know the lady that plays the Enchantress. Uh, Dr. June Moon. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember the, the actress's name. Her, Margot Robbie... I'm trying to think if there's another female character. Besides uh, the Katana lady. Who plays almost no part in yeah. uh, anything let's, important. Let's just say, I didn't even write it down because I felt it. I just feel like there was like some weird over-sexualization of these characters. Like, And listen, yep. I'm a fucking dude. And like, it's alright if you want to put some pretty ladies on the screen. But like, it felt really distasteful in a way like... Here's a comparison for you. It didn't serve the story whatsoever. Like, for example, Margot Robbie, beautiful lady. Everybody knows, right? Mm-hmm. She's been in Wolf of Wall Street. We've all seen her titties. Great, <laughs> right? Perfect. Yeah. Even in that movie, I'm like, oh, like, this isn't wrong. You know, because, like, the whole point is, like, Leonardo's DiCaprio's character playing Jordan Belfort, like, he is being seduced by her while he's married. There's... Mm-hmm. A and, point. And we can see why he would, like, be yes. enamored by her. There's a point to that. There's, like, some fun, interactive story play going on, right? In this movie, it's just like, here's some ass, boys. What are you looking at? It's just like, it just feels so, like... It feels even weirder because, like, she's a mentally ill character. Yeah. Like, it's, like, established that she's, like, yes. been fucked up by the Joker. Uh-huh. And I think... uh the one scene where it became really apparent that like the sexualization of her was like horrible was when they're all gearing up at that uh-huh. airport and she's like putting on her uh, Harley Quinn gear and like it zooms out and everybody's watching her get dressed. So weird. It just did not fit uh-uh. at all. Yeah, I'm like really disappointed. Listen, man, I'm all about the hot ladies, but you got to fucking sell it to me, man. Like mm-hmm. you can't, I, I like I have fucking morals, God damn it. Like I don't want to just see some weird shit just because. And you're talking about fucking the wokest of woke, dude. Like, they should have known, <laughs> goddammit. Like, this is just didn't sell for me. No. God damn it was fucking... It made me, like, really uncomfortable. I feel like to find our bearings on this conversation, I want to rewind a little bit. All right. To the beginning of the movie. Yes. 
Now, we already kind of said the first 40 minutes of this movie is like all introductions and Mm -hmm. stuff, right? It all plays out like a movie trailer, but it like extended, you know, 40 minutes. Yeah. The very first scene in the movies that, or the very first couple scenes in the movie that we get are a dead shot in his like cell and then Harley Quinn in her cell. And then we cut to Amanda Waller explaining the whole Suicide Squad thing. And then we're reintroduced to Deadshot and Harley Quinn again. In the prison, like her like meeting up with them, right? Well, like... Well, no, yeah, you're right. They're like giving an introduction more than once. Like not just her meeting them, Mm -hmm. but like... Like the the, first five minutes are completely pointless. The prison guard, the prison guard like making rounds, the electrocuting cell bars and then like the knockoff mark Wahlberg guy oh with the gap tooth he yeah. looks like mark Wahlberg. this is another weird thing about the movie does it not feel like this guy is kind of being set up as like an antagonist or like someone that's gonna like get his in the end mm-hmm. sort of and then like Doesn't after happen. 30 minutes he like just disappears we forget about him he serves like a doesn't even serve it's just like a weird thing where he's like gambling in like some underground casino it looks like and like halfway through the film since Harley Quinn's in prison, you know, Joker's going to break him out. And since this guy's down 10 grand, he needs someone to float him 10 grand from mm-hmm. like management or something. And then fucking the fucking Joker gives him $10,000. Like in exchange for giving like Harley a cell phone. The motivation's not explained or like. Even like on their way out of the prison when they're all like ganged up and ready to roll. Like after that, he serves no purpose. She's like. Oh, you're going to get it. She's like, you're screwed. Yeah. And he's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? We never find out what it fucking means. Like, nothing happens to the fucking guy. Nope. Not at all. Now, I watched the theatrical edition. I didn't watch no extended cut. So, I don't know what the fuck if it's included in the extra 10 minutes that that... Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. This movie would have been better if it opened up with the scene with Amanda Waller explaining the Suicide Squad. Then we get the introductions of all the characters. And then you bring them together. But this movie wastes so much time on, like... <clears throat> They're probably trying to fucking make the movie long enough. Well, like, I feel like there were scenes filmed that weren't used. Yeah. Like, the way it's edited together, like, the first time we see Harley and she gets shocked from the cage, then we're, like, shot into a flashback of, like, her being abused by the guards mm-hmm. with this horrible this neon filter, like... The way the movie is edited and the special effects added on top of stuff is so tacky. Yes. I feel like there was a scene filmed, but we don't get to see that scene because like it's been chopped up uh-huh. and like, or here's 10 seconds and the guard is like putting the cell phone up and going, spring break. It's so fucking weird. It's like, what movie is this? Like, And we're only five minutes in at this point. Yeah. God, fuck, shit. It was bad. One thing I kind of did enjoy was... uh. I did. I did enjoy watching Will Smith point the gun at uh, knockoff Mark Wahlberg during the gun range. <laughs> I like this too. I did yeah. like. I did actually enjoy that. And for one particular reason is that they played uh, black skinhead. Yeah, but they yeah. played a Kanye song during it, and I was like, yeah, I, but yeah, you got me. Well, this scene kind of works because it's a scene where like people act and interact with each other and there's no cuts to like some random thing that happened three weeks, three years ago, whatever. And there was like a little bit of humor. You actually get to see someone shoot a fucking gun. Like that mm-hmm. shit was kind of, I mean, that was, was kind of all right. Uh, I also kind of liked the scene where um, it shows Deadshot. I was like, going to say the same thing. Like doing a hit 
Mm-hmm. And like he's like kind of like trying to leverage more money in his favor, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You you got like thirty seconds till this guy is uh, the window of opportunity to kill him is closed forever." Mm-hmm. That scene was like pretty good actually, yeah. and it's like I want more of that kind of stuff, but you don't get that for Harley, Diablo, Croc, mm-hmm. Boomerang, nothing. That's the other thing I wanted to say. The Diablo guy, I think it's his name. I don't yeah. fucking know. Mm-hmm. His wife was overly sexualized in one part. What, in the flashback where she's, like, killed? Well, in the flashback where it's a fake flashback, the Enchantress puts, like, they're all having, like... She can make them have, like, nightmare visions, kind of. Yeah, or, like, well, this is, like, she's... This is at the end of the movie where she's, like, trying to bargain with them and, like, give them what they want. Like, Deadshot kills Batman, and then we have Harley Quinn and Joker are married and like living a normal life. Mm-hmm. And then there's him. He, he has his kids, two kids and his wife, but his wife, like they had to show, they can't just show them together, like living happily. They're like, his two kids are on the couch asleep. And then she's like on her fucking knees in his lap. Like, how about I put the kids to bed and me and you kick it? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why yeah. the fuck did you do? Like you had a choice. Like you could have, it could have been like him and his family living happily, and then it was just like, "You want your wife to fucking suck you off? Is that what you're dreaming about? Like you're so fucking stupid. Like it didn't make any sense." Yep. And I couldn't help but think, like, you've played. Have you ever played the Arkham games? Uh, the first one, yeah. Dude, the Arkham games, awesome. Tell a better story than this fucking movie ever did. Yeah. I feel like the Killer Croc, like they really like missed an opportunity oh, they, to like they fucked them in this movie to dude. really like. He didn't feel like menacing at all. Like in the games and in the comics, he's like this huge fucking guy, overwhelmingly powerful, like has a big physical presence, scary as fuck, dude. Like I remember in the Arkham games, like when he's introduced, like it just feels like everything fucking stops. Like, oh shit, I gotta fight this guy. Like, yeah. How am I gonna do that? Like I think there's a scene in, I think it's Arkham City at the beginning, like all the inmates break out. Like the Joker, like breaks everybody breaks out of Arkham Asylum, and I remember like their walk-in Killer Croc past you, like in you know handcuffs and shit, and like it just feels like all the guards are like on alert, like everything stops for a second because mm-hmm. like you don't know if he's gonna like try to fucking break out, swing it, you know what I mean? Like it just feels like everything has to stop, and like in this movie, like it's just a dude in like practical makeup. It'd have been better like if they would have like CGI'd him. Like he needs to be as big as the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like he needs to exactly. be big. Like and it just felt like mobster gangster dude dressed up in scales. Like it just felt so yeah bland. It was very lame. And like by the end of the movie, he's kind of like turned into like a racial stereotype in a weird way. Yeah, like you like, can tell it's a black dude. Yeah, <laughs> and they they ask him like. Amanda Waller is like asking everybody what they want for completing the mission, mm-hmm. and his request is BET, the fucking, the fucking cable television. Yes. So dumb. How does this shit get made, bro? Isn't the whole idea that these are people that could like combat an evil Superman? Yeah. And Do like, you feel like any of these people could have done that? I feel like they were all fuck ups in like the worst generic way. They all felt like unintelligent fucking criminals uncooperative yes none of these were ever gonna work together (sighs) okay james gunn directed excuse me the new suicide squad correct yes and it was great correct i loved it yeah it was awesome 
And he did Guardians of the Galaxy, correct? Which this movie was kind of trying to copy. Yes. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy is fucking great. I've only seen the first one, yes. but like I loved it. Yes. Yeah. Because don't you feel like you don't get to know everything about the characters and it's like kind of a mystery, but like... You get the, to know enough. Exactly. And like you get to like... It leaves you like thinking a little bit, like in the back of your head. Like it feels like something's been established, but like you don't get to see the whole picture. Groot, he became like some crazy big like pop culture icon and like yeah, Rocket Raccoon. Like that shit was fun. That movie makes me happy. And this movie, I mean, I mean, <laughs> unironically, it makes me want to hang myself in a way. I don't ever want to watch this again. Oh, me either. Dude, Dude it took me three different occasions to finish this on this most recent wow. like i watched the first hour and you were like Ugh. like had to turn it off and then i came back to it and i watched up until about the final fight scene and i turned it off and then i watched the remaining 10 minutes after that didn't you feel like the story didn't really have like a structure to it like i just feel like we're getting like different things littered throughout that don't belong I mean, we kind of mentioned that with, like, flashbacks and stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, it didn't really feel like a beginning was established, a middle, and an end. I felt like the middle was the end, and then, like, then, like, we get an end tacked on to that. Like, yes. Like, it felt mm-hmm. really fucking weird. It's a, um, you know how movies are, like, established in, like, act one, two, and three? Mm-hmm. This movie sort of had an act one, and then, like, the act three was, like, an hour long. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it kind of feel so weird. When I got to the middle of the movie and like they were like, all right, we're going to have to like wrap it up, like the mission's a fail or whatever the fuck, I was like, oh, the movie's about ready to end. Wait, and then check like, the timestamp. And then I looked, I'm like, there's like an hour left. It felt like uh, unnecessary to like halt the story right there. Like it felt so unnecessary. Is this the scene where they like go into the bar? Yeah, here we go. Like, you know how like. The fucking Enchantress, like, has to, like, bring back her brother and shit. Like, she can teleport between places and stuff. Like, that's established and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the Marvel movies. Like, I I think a lot of people like them. And, like, I'm not the... Like, I'm not a crazy big Marvel fan. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, dying for everything there is Marvel. You just like good movies. But I like good fucking movies. Exactly. DC has, like, a weird... They've been trailing behind Marvel for a long time. This movie, like, if we're drawing comparisons to Guardians of the Galaxy, they do, like, a meme. Like, they're trying to capture all the tropes that have been set, and they're trying to do all, like, the cool fucking, like, tie-ins. Like, I remember when Spider-Man was introduced in Captain America Civil War, and, you know, he comes in during a Captain America movie, right? And then there's all these characters, all these superheroes in a Captain America movie. It felt like an Avengers movie, but, you know, it was just Captain America. And, like, everything, it was, like, such an exciting moment for these characters to, like, all be on screen together. And, like, DC's like, all right, we're going to jump straight to that point right now. Like, we haven't, like, had a chance to, like, establish background. When Batman's chasing Joker and Harley Quinn in, like, that supercar. There's no stakes. Like, that would have been cool. If it was the first time we got to see that after, like, a long line of, like, establishing DC movies, like, that might have, like, fed the fans, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it would have been one of those moments. Instead, it's, like, it just feels like such a waste of, like, time and budget and, like... It doesn't feel cool at all. And the other thing is, is, like, Ben Affleck as Batman, it just seems like it's Batman 
in like some disconnected reality mm-hmm. separate from ours. Like Tony Stark, you know, Iron Man, like that's Robert Downey Jr. That's been cast for him. It feels like the character is intertwined with his persona. Like it's him. Ben Affleck, Batman. I don't fucking care. And ben Affleck shouldn't be Batman, in my opinion. Like, and it probably doesn't help that like we haven't seen like Batman versus Superman and stuff like that. And I heard that he's okay as that character. But was there any reason for <clears throat> you or I to check out that movie? No, no, because I heard it was horrible. <sighs> exactly. And like I know, like the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League that got released, like received much better reviews than like the original release and i have yet to see that it's like i think it's almost like four hours long right i'll never watch it yeah that's way too much i feel like these movies are suffering from like executive producers like fucking up a product i feel like dc unfortunately like i feel like they have the better characters i feel like batman especially christopher nolan's portrayal of batman felt so grounded it really sold me on like how Batman could be real. And then like you got Keaton Batman. I was sold on that too. Superman, like there's so much you could do with Superman, like the Flash, like in my opinion, like cool fucking characters. And like I've seen the Wonder Woman movie, the first one. I haven't seen the most recent one. I heard the first one's pretty good. First one was pretty fucking cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Even the villains are cool. I mean yeah. like the Joker and Harley Quinn and like and, all like, that. Dark side, like all these like like I was saying, I just feel like they have the better roster of characters. In my opinion, like I feel like they have such a like a darker role. Like I feel like they could be a lot more serious and like dramatic. I agree because like on the Marvel side, aside from Sp- Spider-Man, I don't really care about a whole lot of those like uh heroes that much. I mean, like I don't their portrayal is good. Exactly. I was going to say like they fucking sell you. They create a good story around them that mm-hmm. makes them like then you like have value in them. Like, but in the past, I never cared about Captain America or Thor. Had or no idea anything. who the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy were until that no. was made into a movie. Uh huh. I can remember when I was younger before all these movies were even made, and like I leaned more towards like Justice League characters than I w- ever would have like the Avengers, you know? Yeah, same here. I mean, I remember the animated TV show, I was hooked on that shit as a kid. Batman. Batman's the fucking coolest. I love Batman. Batman's fucking cool. They just don't create a good enough story around, like, this amazing roster of characters to, like, sell me on it, man. Like, it's a shame because, like, I feel like it's hard to fuck up a superhero movie. Like, yeah, I really most do. most of the time, like, usually you can just follow, like, a formula and yes, be good. exactly. This should have been the movie that would, like, go outside of the formula and work because it's about villains. Uh-huh. How much did these people feel like villains to you? Exactly. By the end, it felt like they were superheroes. Exactly. And the movie tries to, like, remind you constantly. That they're bad guys. Like, don't forget that you have a triple life sentence. Uh Uh-huh. Will Smith makes a comment in one scene, like, sorry, I don't speak good guy, which, like, terrible scripting. Harley Quinn breaks a window and steals a purse out, and they're like, what are you doing? And she says, we're bad guys. That's what we do. Uh Uh-huh. At that moment, mm. I started to check out real bad. Oh, yeah. I saw, like I was like, I'm checking out right now. The back half of the movie, it started to lose me so bad. As much shit as we talked about the first 40 minutes, it's actually the best part of the movie. 
like as as messy oh and my like god you're a, so right as as messy and exposition heavy as it is and like there's plenty of funny unintentionally funny moments in that first half especially with like the introduction of uh slipknot and like he's brought in at the last second and mm-hmm. like the dialogue by rick flag is so obviously like uh, what do they call it when it's like he didn't like say it on on a set like it was probably like through a microphone in a studio or something I can't remember what they call that a dub like a dub yeah, yeah. where he's like here's Slipknot the man that can climb anything uh-huh. and it's like okay like who the fuck is this guy uh-huh. this, this is just Katana some, this is so yeah <laughs> like oh my god like they're in that fucking helicopter and they're like it's not that kind of mission like she like pulls out her sword and getting ready to kill these people. He's like, it's not that kind of mission. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, this is so dumb. Like, when he starts explaining who she is, her sword traps the souls of anyone. And then we're, like, thrown into another flashback, like, during a part of the movie where, like, at this point, we really need to be getting to the action. We're in the shit. Like, quit giving me that. Like, Like, we're... We're long overdue for getting into the shit. You're in the fucking wasteland that is this mid mid city or whatever the fuck it's called like just do the shit just do the shit like we're tired of seeing this shit like i don't want to hear more explanation on these shitty fucking backstories like just show me people getting shot in the face and speaking of getting shot in the face these fucking little little minion fucks Mm. that are they're ass they're fucking ass like so fucking dumb so dude so generic I felt like I was watching a kids movie, dude. Like they were like Power Ranger villains. Fuck, dude. God, <laughs> shit. They were bad. Like this is what I want out of you fuck, right now. God, shit. They were so bad. They were so bad. Listen, this is where the movie starts to fall apart. They're even turning more. Navy SEALs into bad guys. And they're like, yeah, we f- sorry, we lost them. Like, talking back to command like they lost a fucking group of fucking seals and these fucking seals like i feel like they were trying to really rope in and like show you the weight of this fucking mission they're turning navy seals into fucking little mindless zombies and like i'm like this is just fucking stupid man like just get the shit out of my face god it's so bad this is the portion of the movie where it really starts to fall apart and it wasn't good before then, Gosh. but it really goes to the fucking bottom of the barrel. It's <laughs> so bad. It turns to the worst around the time that Enchantress turns bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like one of the big problems about that is that the character of Enchantress is like very inconsistent because like she goes to let her brother out of the idol while she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. But hasn't she been under government rule for a while? Yeah. Like, why couldn't she have done this, like, a long time ago? Like... <sighs> exactly. And these, like, are, these are questions that are, like... They don't even are, need to be fucking answered. There yet. are no answers. Or, like, yeah, they don't need to be answered. God, it's, you, uh, I, like, at this point, like, I don't think you could have redeemed the movie. Like, we're halfway through, and it's, like, there's nothing that you can do to save this train wreck. Like, I don't even know the solution. I'm trying to think of a way that you could save the the back half of the movie, and there just isn't. There just isn't a way to like bring these group of characters together where it feels like it's fucking meaningful. It would have way. to be an entirely different kind of mission. Yeah. When we're talking, I talked earlier about the chemical scene. At this point, I'm like, 
Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker, and it might be bad writing. It can't all be on him, but like, look, it's it was so much worse than I had originally imagined because he like just decides to like jump into the vat with her. You get like these moments where like they're just like trying to capitalize on like this is the fucking Joker. Look, he's laughing like that scene and like pull the car around like he's talking to the henchman and like all for some fucking reason he's laying out surrounded by a circle of fucking guns and knives i'm like what the fuck is that here for why why are you doing that well awesome it was made so they could show it in the trailer (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like (laughs) it just was like again calling back to like heath ledger joker i remember this scene specifically in the dark knight Hey, let me plug real fast. We're drinking La Fin du Monde right now. The best fucking beer that's ever been crafted on the earth. To it try might to, be. To try to save this fucking film. We're trying to have something good to talk about. So fucking good. That really is why we chose it today. Exactly. Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. I remember when there's a scene about midway through that film where it's being broadcast on television. The Joker will kill one person every day that goes by where Batman doesn't, like, turn himself in, like, unmask himself. I remember, like, the weight of that fucking scene. And, like, still, like, I could pull it up and be like, shit, that's incredible acting. Like, and he laughs at the end of it, and it's, like, so perfect. It's such a presence on screen, right? Yeah. And you get, like, Jared Leto laughing, being like, ugh, that's cringe. His laugh is, like, so cringe. "Ah, it's like a everybody is playing a caricature of themselves like it's it's bad i cringed so hard during the scene where he was uh opposite of our boy most underrated mc common acting in this movie (laughs) where joker's like you don't want no beef. You don't want <laughs> yeah, no Oh my beef. god, that was so dumb. Oh my god, the scene played no Dude, relevance. So that to the movie. was common. Yeah, that was common. I was gonna say, I'm like, I'm like, that looks and sounds like common. And I'm just like, I feel sorry for this guy. He was in one of the worst scenes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like Joker's like some like he just like hangs out with the mob. Like the fucking the henchman dresses. There's a fucking guy in a panda suit with an AK. Like, why? Why exactly? Like why? Like they could have all like the one guy wearing like a Batman mask that worked a sure, little bit, yeah, yeah. But there's a dude in a panda suit fucking shooting up a fucking lab, where like the tracker they fucking put trackers and they blow people's heads off. Like it's just like there's too much going on, man. Uh, too much going on, and it's all like you're being force fed shit. You're not being spoon like it's not spoon fed. <laughs> like you're getting force fed shit. Like mm-hmm. like that you don't want. I don't understand, and this might be another, like, logistical kind of issue with the movie. How did Joker know what place made the bombs? Because like weird shit. The bombs are put in their necks, and then the next scene is the Joker, like, at that place, like, stealing the technology. Yes. What the hell? (sighs) Movie's so frustrating. As you can see, with the new Suicide Squad, I'm sure you can attest to this, but, Mm -hmm. like, there's probably a good way to do this fucking movie. There is. The entire point of the Suicide Squad is you're getting all these disposable criminals to go do things that, like, the government can't do with, like, their own employees. So, like, a good plot line for a Suicide Squad would be, like, 
go break into like Bruce Wayne's mansion and steal some technology or something. Mm-hmm. Not stop a end of the world. Yes. scenario with a witch exactly like it's so stupid is and that the, what the plot of the new one is no the new one is they go to like a foreign country and they're trying to like destabilize a dictator okay that's you can sell me on that yeah it's grounded and although there is kind of like a super mutant villain in the end it makes sense and the charm in the movie like if there's anything stupid in it the charm kind of like helps you work through it i was gonna say like from what i can tell from trailers and stuff it looks, obviously, because James Gunn directed it, but it just seems much more like what the original should have been. Like, having, like, these characters be believably funny, probably play off each other well. I bet the action scenes were so much better. Yeah, and the new one has, like, a R rating, so, like, all the violence is very, like, okay. spectacular yes. and amazing. Yes. You need that for a film like this. Like Deadpool, rated R, right? That yeah. movie needs to be rated R. It's fucking hilarious. You know what you're getting. It doesn't need to be like the PG-13 rating like automatically puts like some sort of weird, mm. no blood, but still guns. All the best military movies are rated R. All of them. All of them. Yeah. They're all good. All the ones that are good, they're rated R. Like this movie felt like, like some sort of weird Navy SEAL operation with like ugly fucking caricatures of dc characters and then you put like some sort of weird supernatural twist on it for a villain like you said earlier the filters on shit dude the neon color grade looks so horrible it's like there's like a green ass filter to everything like especially in the like when they're in the city at night it just didn't feel real like i no. I, I immediately felt like i was on a set like i i, I made mental note of feeling like how did they shoot this? Because it just feels like so lifeless, I guess. Like it just felt so bleh. Like it didn't feel like there were any stakes or anything. Like they're in the city. Mm-hmm. Like there should have been like more le- civilians, leftover pedestrians that didn't escape during the evacuation that mm-hmm. were like maybe caught in the crossfire or like something like that. But no, it's just like an empty plot of land for these characters to fight faceless cgi monsters that's the other thing too like it just felt like the the villains like i didn't care no and like even the enchantress like i'm like here's another thing like that with the sexualization like she's like doing some weird like belly dancing the whole fucking time it's Mm -hmm. just like it just made me like it was super distracting you could have done more to like really feel like there was some weight to the villain like you could have shown like more like a torturous type of scene like like with the navy seals for example like just turn him to some fucking weird monster like Mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck like they're just disposable characters now for you to shoot and like somehow they're gonna make like some weird she's like i'm gonna make a machine to fucking kill these people they worship machines now like like what the fuck is going on man yeah the the villain motivation was very weak and, like, the way it's set up is done horribly, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when she uh, breaks free, supposedly, she, like, goes to Amanda Waller's house, and it looks like she's trying to take her heart back. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, one of the big things in the movie. Amanda Waller has the Enchantress's heart. So she can control her. And, like, she can't get close to the case because it, like, beeps or something when she, gets, when she gets close to it. And so, like, she goes into Amanda Waller's, like, office, and she steals the idol, which, uh... She just keeps in her office for some reason. Yeah, just up on like a fucking like a mantle or something. Yeah, exactly. Like a like, like, a, a, 
a freaking wall shelf. Like, what the fuck is that doing there? Shouldn't it like be in like some weird? Hey, yeah. And, and this confused me the most is after she gets the idol, she targets this man in the subway and like kills him. Why was this the guy to like plant the her like ancient brother in? Like, I didn't understand this at all. And maybe in some other cut of the movie, this made sense. But like, probably didn't. It was just some random guy. Like, she could have gone anywhere in the city. He was in the subway. Like, it was just bizarre. Uh, like, this guy was, like, on the phone talking about, like, getting drinks and stuff. And, like, all, for some reason, the Enchantress is in the fucking mirror. Like, smashes his head in it. So fucking... <sighs> there's, like, no time to breathe. Like, shit just kept happening. God, dude, how does this shit get made? Like, I got really aggravated. One thing that I think DC really struggles with is, like... I remember this in Wonder Woman. I felt like the villain. There was no stakes kind of thing. Or like it didn't really. It was like a villain of the day kind of thing. Yeah, it didn't matter. And like it was just this weird CGI thing. I don't think they use enough practical effects. One thing that I think Marvel has done really well is that they do a really good job of blending the two. I mean, especially like in the early days, like back in like 2010, you know, 2008, shit like that, like. Tony Stark's suit of armor, like, they had to make that shit, like, actually cast Robert Downey Jr.'s body and shit. Like, they had to make the metal, like... like, like make it to scale of him, right? Yeah, and they had to shoot all these scenes and then do CGI over top of it. Like, they had to actually have, like, the real thing. Like, it felt like there was a lot more direction. And here's another comparison. The Lord of the Rings. Like, pretty much all practical effects... As the base layer, it's all like miniatures, and then they would do CGI over top of it. They would like scale in people. And I mean, you can tell when if you watch them today, like it's it feels like a little bit off, but like it still feels like really grounded. I know you've never seen them, like they're great. Your brain knows when shit's fucked up, and like this movie, like the villains, nah, you ain't fucking selling me. I I immediately could recognize like they are put in post production. Even, like, her body and stuff, like, you could tell, like, her face was just, like, tracked on to her body and stuff. It's just fucking weird, man. Dude, this movie is shit. Why do you do this to me? God damn it. (laughs) (sighs) I'm the man that, like, doesn't like to waste time when it comes to watching movies. And, like, I waste your time, man. Dude, I'm like, no, it's okay. It's funny. It's just like, god damn. This movie lived rent-free inside my head for the last five years. Oh, my God. And, like, usually when you see a bad movie like this, you're like, oh, that was bad. Now I've forgotten about it. Yeah. I had to share this bad experience with somebody, dude. You need somebody to really, like, empathize. Like, you need, like, you need to understand why. I'm glad I understand why because I'm as pissed as the people that watch it the first time. I'm so pissed. And I understand why they had to fucking remake shit like Man, just follow the fucking formula, man. It's not hard. It's not fucking hard. Like, yeah. I, I could do this. I could do it. I could do it. I could, I could find a way to fucking do it. I'll find the way to get you a camera. We'll go in my backyard and make a better Suicide Squad movie right now, dude. God damn, dude. Willow can be the villain. My dog. The devil. She would play good in the, the what's that movie? I think the movie's called fucking The Devil. Where, like, the devil's in the fucking <laughs> elevator. Perfect casting. Menacing, but lovable. Get you to pet her, but then like bite your hand off. Like it would <laughs> yeah. be perfect. God, I'm fucking frustrated, man. And I was frustrated with like Rick Flagg's character, 
specifically like in the bar it like he looked like he's trying to come in distra- like so distraught because like oh it's his it's his girlfriend like it's just the love of his life like he needs this mission to succeed so that he can get her back right he like came in like looking all sweaty and shit and he, like i like immediately thought man this guy looks like a heroin addict like walking into the bar like mm-hmm. he looks so pale and like it was so weird his hair was like greasy and matted down like it was weird well like the scenes preceding that bar part uh-huh. didn't really sell his emotional attachment to the story either the whole time he knew he was going to like fight his girlfriend if you would have like just watched that scene out of nowhere would you have been able to guess that? Mm-mm. I actually will say I find this the bar scene because like Diablo is like talking about how I wish, you know, I wouldn't have killed my wife and kids and Harley Quinn. I thought she did a good job of like it was just kind of meta in my opinion. She's like, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you think you were going to do? Like fucking hunker <laughs> down and, you, you know, like uh-huh. settle down with a wife and kids like you're not made for that shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. I'm like that. Actually, I was like that was actually kind of redeeming she's playing against the trope like oh don't feel bad for yourself what the fuck did you think was gonna happen yeah i was like i like that it was like actually like ironic because the whole movie's been that like you want something that you can't have like what do you think what the fuck was gonna happen piss break what is this plot point you speak of well like during the whole movie the mission of the Suicide Squad is kind of like a secret. Mm-hmm. They just know they're going to extract somebody. So, like, their entire mission is not to, like, defeat that lady, the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're going to this spot, and you're going to rescue this person. And it turns out to be Amanda Waller. I wasn't sure, like, it didn't feel impactful at all. Like, why was she there? Why did she need rescued? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So That was so bizarre. I almost completely fucking forgot. Like, because they arrived. Yeah. And, like, the other parts of the movie, like, she wasn't there. So, like, how'd she end up in that building, like, in the city where, like, the stuff's going down? That was so fucking weird. Holy shit. Like... Maybe my brain didn't process that, but I was like, all of a well, sudden they were there. After an hour of this movie, you're like, you're I was numb. disoriented, dude. And God, I almost completely forgot. The entire purpose is they're rescuing her from this room to take her to the roof to get picked up by a helicopter. Couldn't they have like just brought in a helicopter? Exactly. What the fuck? And this is the part where the Joker comes to rescue Harley. And like the- in another scene that amounts to almost nothing. Yes. The Joker picks up Harley in the helicopter, and she basically, like, betrays the Suicide Squad. And uh, I don't know if, like, did he find a way to dismantle the bomb in her neck? She could escape without getting blown up. I can't remember. I think, like, It all moves so fast. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. And they shoot down the fucking helicopter, and the Joker falls, and then, but Harley Quinn somehow doesn't break her fucking legs falling onto the roof. Yeah. She's in heels, too. It also leads to my favorite Joker line in the movie where he's like, this bird is baked. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I almost forgot. It's so fucking stupid. And that's the last time you see him to like the last 30 seconds. Yeah, like she gets oh thrown from the helicopter. And then from there, I think they go into the bar, right? After well, the, that. Well, the gang just takes her back in. <sighs> so weird. Seconds after... Like, the Joker's guys were shooting at all of them. Uh-huh. And now they're like... Hey, what's up? She's like, hey, guys. So dumb. So dumb. Oh, my God. 
It's hard to tell because there was so much like studio meddling in this movie. And I can see you, for all, everybody listening, Austin is smashing his head against the microphone, which he did not even do during the Jack and Jill episode. Because in Jack, look, Jack and Jill is like, all right, I guess that happened. But like, you were literally fucking with like pop culture icons. And you're just, you're just fucking with them. You're fucking it up, man. It's not hard to fuck up, but you just decide to fuck with it. And this part gets even dumber because Will Smith finds some like book, like it's like Amanda Waller's the top plans. secret binder, dude. It's a, literally a binder with a fucking top secret, like it's on the front. Top secret. And like he picks it up, and then like ten seconds later, he throws it at like Rick Flag, and he's like, "What is this?" Yeah. As if he had the time to like read through the whole thing. I saw. Uh, I read it, and I saw. Are you gonna tell us? You gonna tell us what you, what we're, why we're really here? I can tell you why you're here because people want to make a bunch of fucking money, but they somehow fucked it up. They fucked it. Now, like the bar scene is probably one of the, one of the least offensive parts of the movie because everything slows oh down for a second. Oh yeah, my at least god! I know I can know what the fuck, dude. Here's a scene where actors are like acting and like bouncing off of each other it only lasts for a few minutes but i mean and i can't say that it's like a good scene but a comparison to what we've seen before this i will say it's all right literally we get to that 40 minute mark of exposition and then dude i fucking checked the fuck out like I checked well there's out. no plot after that i checked out until this moment in the movie where i'm like okay my brain is like i can grab onto whatever the fuck's going on here I can tell you that you missed nothing. Yeah. Because I know like they were just sitting there like staking out looking at the fucking the weird bubbly fucking zombie creatures and they're like what is it? Who are they? And I was just like I don't even know what's going on let alone you like Yeah. It was just and, so like And the creatures aren't explained until after they already fought them. It's just stupid, man. It's just fucking It's fucking dumb. stupid, dude. And it kind of shows like the ineptitude of like all of the suicide squad members because like during the fight scenes, I know you told me you checked out. I'm sure you were watching, but your brain wasn't like processing information. Yeah, I was just watching. Nothing was happening. Like none of the members of the team felt like they were effective. Like they killed these things, but like Captain Boomerang just kind of seemed like a guy with a knife and a boomerang. It was so and like the weird thing with him and like trying to talk that one dude into being like it's a con, bro. And they fucking pop his head off. Like, tell you what, people's heads blowing up. There's a movie that does that well, and it's a dumb fucking movie. This is one of the first one of the first rated R movies I ever watched. It was with my dad. He like rented it on Netflix. This movie was called The Tournament, and it was so some weird B movie. It had the fucking guy that played in uh, Green Mile that played the played John. Oh, uh. He passed away. Didn't yes, he? yes, can't remember his passed name. Passed away a few years ago. I bet that B movie was better than it was Suicide fucking Squad. awesome, dude. It was fucking awesome, bro. It yeah. was fucking awesome because it was like had the same feel to it. Like they put all these fucking assassins. They would. It's like some big game that all these like big elites bet on. They bet on the winner, and they would put like these chips in their necks. So it'd be like you'd have to kill somebody every twenty four hours, or else you die. Their fucking heads would just pop bro like it would just burst like a fucking water balloon it was hilarious and like that movie had some fucking weight to it because like the, the people were like actually antagonizing like some dude was cutting somebody's fingers off with a cigar cutter it was fucking cool and then you get this shit where like people's heads are flying off but it doesn't make any fucking sense mm -hmm. 
I bet I would love it. It actually, maybe one day we'll do it for the podcast. Like, I haven't seen it since that fucking day I watched it, but I remember being like, that was kind of fucking crazy. Like, people getting their fucking throats slit and shit. Yeah, it was fucking cool. Can we just talk about the ending for a second here? Should we smooth into it, or are you trying to jump right to it? They kind of already completed their mission at this point. They, like, save the Uh, fucking person running the mission. What? When they go to the bar, and they all have that, like, heart-to-heart, Rick Flag disables... Does he disable their bombs, or does he say, like, you guys are good to go? He, like, breaks the fucking phone. Oh, my God, not to mention the Harley Quinn's fucking stupid one-liner of, that's a killer app. Yep. Oh, so... So cringe. Yep. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Is it... Is it... Better or worse than what kind of perfume are you wearing? The stench of death. That's better. It's better than that. (laughs) God damn, it was terrible. Like, they've been relieved of their mission, and they decide to go fight the lady anyways. Because Rick has now talked them into being like... To being friends. I love love her. Even though... Do this for me, I need you. During the fights with the bubble monsters, Will Smith keeps making comments about, like, I'm going to kill this Rick Flag." like, the second he turns his back. And then five seconds later, he gets, he gets pulled away by the bubble monsters, and he's like, if he dies, we die. So dumb. Inconsistent. Like, the logic is so inconsistent. But yes, our villains decide to be heroes. You know, go, go uh, face the Enchantress. And Austin, here's your scene. If that's a... Uh, <laughs> As the man rubs his eyes in frustration. Oh can I can I say that when I watched this the other night, and you, you can attest to this, I texted you at 5 a.m. and said, I'm full of rage. And I was literally It was during woke, that it was during that scene. I was I woke up in the morning and I was just like I was like, why is Getter Pit? I'm like, that's not good. He's texting me at 5 a.m. Like I've never seen Getter in a rage. I'm like, this can't be good. I'm like, is everything okay? And you text me later. That fucking movie. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, I thought like there was some crazy family personal issue going on. I was oh, just, no. you were just like, that fucking movie. I was like, Well, oh. you did text me after you watched it today and simply said, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and I, I knew exactly what you were talking about. I said, yep. <laughs> Dude, I was so frustrated. Because can we just establish that like this fucking big sentinel of a character, villain... That's the brother of the Enchantress is like, he can't be hurt by like 50 caliber bullets coming out of a back of a Humvee. Like he's indestructible. Okay. Then the fucking, the old El Diablo fucking guy is like, you guys want to see some fucking flames? I'll show you some fucking flames. And then they fucking burn it. Like he's like fighting him and shit. It gets all big and skeletal looking shit. Like big fucking dude. Punch him in the face, like going toe to toe with him. He's like starts to beat him up. And then. Then they have to put a bomb underneath him. Like, that's somehow going to make a fucking difference. Even though they, like, they were shooting him with fucking missiles and fucking bullets earlier. And, like, now they've got a bomb two feet from his face. Now it's going to work. Like, I was and like... And it does. And then it does. It's like, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, the con- like nothing is makes sense. There's no continuity between, like, the characters and the way they feel and their motives. There's no continuity between the way shit works in this fucking movie. Like, doesn't make fucking sense. Like, the bomb under the feet, that's gonna work. That's gonna get him. Even though we've done everything up until this point, and we have to bring in these ragtag group of fucking Riri's that have to fucking somehow <laughs> shoot this guy in the face. That's gonna work. 
<laughs> okay? Like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't <sighs> make fucking sense. Wouldn't it have been so much better if they did that plan and it just like failed spectacularly? Yeah. That's how like the yes. new the new Suicide Squad yes. movie would have worked. Like, oh, that was really stupid. Why do we do that? Like, yes. Like, because that's what we're fucking thinking. God. Why? This movie tries to be something that it's not and it just doesn't make fucking sense, mm. man. Whew. Let me bring it back in. Let me bring it back in. All right, listen. After that, you get, like we said earlier, you get the fucking flashbacks of like, oh, it's not fucking real. She's like, come on out, brother. Show us up. Hey, can I just mention that she's somehow speaking fucking some weird shalala language? And then once she gets her heart back, she can speak fucking English. Like, does that make any fucking sense to you? No, because she's like, she talks in like modern slang. Like she says like, you don't have the balls or something like that. So fucking stupid. Frustration levels are through the fucking roof. At least in Jack and Jill, I could have been like, that was fucking stupid. But like, I didn't have to sit here and be like, it's fucking Adam Sandler movie. God damn it. Fucking Duncan Chino works in that fucking movie. I was about to say, you know what? You know what works in Jack and Jill that doesn't work in Suicide Squad? Duncan Chino. What's his name? Fucking Duncan Chino works, man. At least that 30 second scene was better than anything in this movie. Yeah, there's also some like really unearned lines of dialogue by Diablo where he's like, I lost one family. I ain't going to lose another. What? These, these people just met and they didn't even like each other until five minutes ago. Yeah. Mm. So dumb. <sighs> Here, let's end it off. Let's end it off on a fucking another re. re- mm-hmm. Pardon my language. I won't use the R word no more. But listen. This doesn't make any fucking sense. They kill the fucking brother. Then they, then you get this weird fucking dead shot never misses moment where they throw a fucking bomb at the fucking swirl of fucking lightning. And then you get this weird cutaway where like, couldn't help but notice like none of the guns have recoil in this movie. Like the gun is like just a big zoom up of this fucking gun and it just goes... Just pew, pull back pew, a little pew. bit. Yeah, it looks like a fucking pea shooter. It looks like a twenty-two and like a forty-four. It doesn't make any sense. And then, so fucking they blow up the thing. The Enchantress is like, and then he's like, don't make me do this. Bring her back. And then he's like, do it. Do it. You fucking won't, bitch. And then they fucking, he crushes the heart, all right? And he's like, I'm so emotionally distraught. Didn't sell me on the fucking, I'm upset that I actually had to kill my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, the whole idea was that, like, you can't kill the Enchantress without killing, like, the host. So dumb. Uh, until it and doesn't. Until it doesn't, it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it doesn't even fucking go with the logic of the movie. Until she peels off her fucking mud mask and she's like, I'm alive. And then they make out while she's covered in mud. Uh, yeah, in mud. Does it make any fucking sense? No. And then they're like, all right, we're going home, guys. And, oh, and they get the last scene where Amanda Waller comes in because for some reason she's, she's like, still alive. She's like just at the scene where they fought the people. She was captured by the Enchantress. Yeah, so fucking stupid. <sighs> so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I think I broke you. Like when I watch a movie. I usually pick movies where I'm like, there's going to be something here I like. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something here. This movie may not be perfect, but it's going to do something that I appreciate despite its flaws. I appreciate fucking nothing about this movie. And I, movies like this make me want to piss on the fucking people that made it. I'm like, you waste my time. 
I would rather waste my time on something else. But you waste it to the highest degree. I'm more pissed about this movie than I am Jack and Jill. And that's fucking saying something. That movie has a lower score than this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And this movie is shit. This movie has a six average on IMDb. I know. I What? What is right? <laughs> what? Like a two or a three. Minimum. Minimum. You know why this movie is the way it is? No, I really don't. I can't. I couldn't tell you. Why is it? Okay, so it was in production, like being filmed and stuff, while Batman versus Superman was in theaters. Mm. Warner Brothers freaked out because the reaction to that Batman Superman movie was so bad. So they like pressured David Ayer into doing all these reshoots, all these rewrites, and the movie was edited by a trailer company. Not like a film editor, but like a trailer company. And the the name of the company is literally called Trailer Park. And I think that like test audiences tested really negatively towards both cuts of the movie. So they like smashed them together. So that's why the first 40 minutes of this movie feel like a music video slash trailer. And then like other parts feel like, hey, there might have been a scene here, but it was like chopped to hell. That is why Suicide Squad 2016 is the way it is. And yes, as Austin hangs his head in shame. I know, man. Can you see why I wanted to talk about it? There's no point of even talking about like the epilogue of the movie where like they're back in prison. Like, okay, the Joker breaks Harley out. Who cares? Honestly, such a fucking afterthought. It doesn't even register in my brain because it's so bad. This shit breaks my brain. If I didn't have to sit here and talk about it, I would have pushed it deep. I would have put it right next to like trauma and fucking embarrassing moments in my life. <laughs> I would have put it next like to seventh grade yes. uh, <laughs> boners in fucking fifth grade. Like just fucking like I would have pushed it as far back. Forgot about it. Would have went about my day. But like having to talk about it is like. Yep. It's so fucking bad. It's so fucking bad. Have you ever watched a movie like really drunk before? Or yes. like after a couple beers? Yes. This movie <laughs> kind of plays like that when you watch it sober. Where it's like, oh wait, what I miss? Was I like oh gazing off for a moment? Was I not paying attention? I no, watched that's just how it is. I watched Kung Fu Panda Three drunk one time <laughs> one time and I was like, I feel like I missed something. <laughs> Like, when you're drunk watching a movie, the beats oh, don't make sense. God. Yes. This is that movie. Sober. God damn it. God damn it. We don't have to talk about it no more. All right. The worst is behind us. If you had to give it a rating, Austin, zero. The biggest fucking zero I could imagine. Although I chuckled at a couple of parts, nothing outweighs the absolute fucking mess that this movie is. I am shaking the fucking table. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed. I'm never this, this animate. Like, this I'm so movie, mad. This movie broke you. There are two hours that I'll never get back. And there's an hour and a half that I had to fucking waste on that fucking two hours that I never got back. I've taken shits better than this movie. Do you understand? Excruciating, yeah. constipating shits that are more enjoyable than this two hours, okay? Don't ever watch this movie. 
The first time I saw this movie, I wrote a mini review on Facebook about it, <laughs> and I gave it a four out of ten at the time. The fuck is wrong with you? That was way too generous. Uh, I I think I'm with you. I'll give it a zero too. Yeah, it's uh... on a retroactively. I think I give Jack and Jill a, a two score. out of ten. Better score for that Dunkachino commercial at the end. Dude, at least in Jack and Jill, there's like the slightest redeemable parts. At least some of the well, scenes are hilarious, like you know, in their own stupid fucking way. Yeah, yeah, I'll give that to you. Okay, yeah. like the scene with the fucking the guy in the bathroom on the cruise ship where he fucking holds her, like pushes up the titties and shit. That's fucking funny. That had in more setup and payoff than this entire movie. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm <laughs> yes. fucking getting at, dude. <laughs> like, god damn, this is terrible. It was so fun to talk about because. I never rant like this. I never fucking rant like this. I think this is what I was looking for when I did the Jack and Jill episode, and <sighs> fuck. it it uh, hit here. Mm. So, uh, mm. Austin, I want you to lay the stress and the anger aside. Okay. And I eagerly anticipate okay. what you want us to do next. You know, I'm doing an album because it's been a while. I had two albums in mind, both not very recent. I'll tell you the other suggestion I had, though. I want to give you my thought process. I was going to do the Black Album by Jay-Z, but I wanted to take a different approach. This is something that I haven't revisited in a while. Listen to a lot. When it came out, when I was a lot younger, I would have been 16, 17 when it came out. This is from a rapper that like really hasn't been in like the limelight or like had the hype in a long time. We're going to listen to Professional Rapper by Lil Dicky. Oh man. Okay. This I re-listened to this album over the last few weeks and it's very fucking long. It's like an hour and a half. I feel like we'll be able to talk about some songs real fast and we'll be able to talk about others like in depth, good bars, funny shit. It won't feel so serious. I feel like it would be a good album to be like, oh, this shit sounds good, and it's fucking, like, this bar is hilarious. <laughs> so it would be a good, I feel like it will be a good, nice relief coming off this shit. Like, it will be something fun to talk about. We may not have to take it too seriously. And hopefully you like some of it. I'm not sure. Are you anticipating that I'll like it? I'll anticipate that you'll like Parts you'll like it? it for you'll like it for probably the exact same reason. Like, oh, that's a good fucking bar, or like, oh, this is a good fucking song. Some serious points, some funny fucking skits, some good fucking beats, and like some other like generic radio shit. And it should be fun to listen to. Okay, I've heard the song "Professional Rapper" with Snoop Dogg, and I thought it was great actually. Okay, uh, that's that's it. That's all I've heard by him. Perfect. Oh, perfect. It'll be great. It'll be fucking great. I can't wait to hear your fucking opinion. This will be uh, interesting for I'll sure. Play, we're going to play some fucking songs. Okay. I'll play just a handful of... Yes, it'll be fucking good. I'm hyped. Don't ever do that shit to me again. I don't want to fucking suffer the way I have tonight. Well, if it puts your brain at ease, I only have one more bad recommendation okay. in the chamber. All right. Whew. For a while, at least. I've never been this fucking fired up over anything. So, like, yeah. it's, it's been a while. All right, dude. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of... Well, it was fun in a torturous way if you're into, like, BDSM. <laughs> but, yeah, it should be uh, should be a fun podcast next time. Yeah. I can't wait, man. All right. Sign these motherfuckers out, man. All right. Adios.